Let's do it live. Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by BetSperts. Welcome to The Deep Dive. Andy, happy Monday. We're back. We're back on YouTube. I don't know who in the legal department got through to those clowns that took us off in the first place, but the deep dive YouTube stream has been reinstated at long last. Um, never got a good explanation for why they took no, out our still stream. haven't. The email I I would I've read the email that we got back and it is very vague. It's yeah. Like, hey, we 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 reviewed this and you're back. Yeah. Oh, well, fuck. Yeah. That doesn't tell me anything. Thank yeah. you. But we're we're glad to be back. We're happy to have the channel, which is good. Because we're going to be adding more shows this summer and as we get into football and doing some more branding and it's going to be a lot of fun. So look for that. And yes, Captain Jackman says, welcome yeah. back, boys. Yes, we're back in your world of YouTube. It's exciting. And uh, yeah, it's it's Monday coming off a long. It felt like a long weekend, didn't it? Because yes, I think it felt like a long weekend because nobody worked on Thursday and Friday. Like oh, a yeah. lot of people, I, I'm sure a lot of people are listening to this. Maybe you went to work, but the fact that you are so easily able to stream on your computer on a on a tab that's hidden from your boss, or you were working from home and it didn't make a damn bit of difference whether you had to hide it or not, and then you had your phone and maybe another computer set up and you're watching a shitload of masters, <laughs> watching it, the it quad felt, box, yeah, yeah, it felt like it felt like a holiday weekend because of the masters, and it was it turned out to be a pretty good one. It sucks that that's a guy I bet on for many years. And Matsuyama, he finally got it done. That was uh, it was a great performance. It was a lot of fun. We got our hole in one. We got multiples on the hole in one. Were that there any on sixteen on Sunday? I don't think there were. There were not. Okay. Um, there were two I aces. Get, I know uh, that two aces. Sure. Yeah. What, what did you get that price? I thought you bet that. I bet, I put a little on that. That over. I can't remember. I think it was, it was plus one ninety ish. One eighty. Yeah, it was. It was not more like than. It was not two to one. It was no. It was that. a little under that. <clears throat> but let's recap it, some of the winners. First of all, yes. hat tip to Hideki Mas. Oh yeah, and your point is completely fair. We were cheated out of the Thursday of March Madness, where you get to blow off work and watch basketball all day. They Ooh, did not yeah. give us the oh. Thursday this year. And so having the Thursday, Friday where there's masters on the same time you're ostensibly doing work was just awesome. The course looked amazing. I like that they upped the difficulty a little bit this year and that it wasn't just a course getting, you know, blown away by the best golfers in the world. It was a little bit more challenging. Um, and hat tip to Hideki Matsuyama. Matsuyama put together a performance out of that rain delay on Saturday that was epic. Uh, I didn't yeah. see it coming. Uh, I wish I had. I, you know, there were some people out there with some massive Matsuyama numbers um, that uh, you know that made bank on this one. But uh, it was cool to see it, uh, and you know, he seems like a great guy. I'm glad he's got some major success, and to do it at the Masters is awesome. Another first time major winner coming out of this year's Augusta, um, yeah. so it's very cool. And uh, you know, I think that uh, of the outrights of my portfolio of outrights, I had two finish in the top ten three in the top 20 so i was on the right track didn't get a winner home but that's okay uh because the 
the our buddy who came through for us as always with the low am osborne was a no sweat four to one yes that was excellent brooks brooks kepka missed the cut that was a nice winner at plus 250 um what were some other yeah, and you ones? did you, had, you talked did, me into yeah. you, you talked me into the brooks fade when we did the golf stream the other day you talked me into that and i, I ended up I ended up saying I'm going to take it a little easier on him, and I just played like his over, his um, over under for a round, which that's a that's a market I think I got to get more into as we get into some more of these majors, or if I'm seeing it for just some bigger tournaments. But uh, basically, it's a, sc- a scoring prop. It was like over under seventy and a half. It was like w- will he finish one under or better or worse? And I think he finished two or three over on the first day. Even even after a nice little run towards the, the second half of the back half, he still was a couple shots over par. So that was an easy winner, thanks to you. And yeah, him to miss the cut, great call. DJ missed um, the cut. That was a big number. Uh, he looked I, frustrated at times. Like He man. knew he could be playing better. I don't know if just a little loss of motivation after the big win last November, but yeah, that was probably an eight to one, seven to one, something that was like a big that. Number. Be a that was a big one. Number. I got a nice uh, win on it because whole... I took DeChambeau against uh, against uh, DJ. DJ but yeah. DeChambeau didn't deserve to win anything <laughs> this no. weekend. That's he was funny. awful, like, but he won I that head down, so that was great. I posted that clip and I wrote that one's in good shape because he was up by four strokes and it looked like <laughs> DJ was going to make the cut and then by the time that video loaded and the tweet posted it's like oh DJ's going to miss the cut it's like, miss, yeah. that's not in good shape like that's home yeah um the the, the Corey Connors was my highest finishing outright he was a hundred to one yeah it would have been nice. much nicer for him you know I did play him top twenty that got home at like two to one two and a half to one something along those lines he uh. His ace probably helped quite a bit to get him in the top 20. That was awful nice. Mm. I did see somewhere that was posting like specific players to have a hole in one, but they're all 50 to one. It was only the top players. I'm like, ah, that's a terrible number. I can't bet into that. I can't remember if there's a Connors one or not. Maybe next year I'll do that and just take some of the guys that I'm actually betting on. Just like the the ultimate double – double rip of fucking dopamine is when you bet on a guy, you need him to play well. And then he aces it and you catch like a 70 to one on it as well. So a lot of fun. Um, you know, Usti, top South African was a split. That was a sweat. And that was a split. ended up splitting with Schwartzel. Um, John Rom did come through oh, as yeah. the top continental European player. Uh, and Rom really looked pretty excellent on Sunday. He just waited a little too long Damn. to get his game in. A little too yeah. long. Yeah, yeah. If, he, if you have one more day of that tournament, Rom, he was in the mix. Um, he was behind two players for top continental going into Sunday. And he was tied with two more. So he needed essentially he needed to beat those four players. I don't know, some of them were good. It was Hovland and a couple yeah. other good players. He ended up winning top continental by like six strokes. Yeah, he was great <laughs> because he just he just cleared it. I, I don't know if he was finally just the stress of that week and having his kid and realizing like I'm out of this. I, I I can't make up ten you know ten strokes here. And yeah, he left a lot of shots on the course all week. I watched a lot of Grom's golf, and uh, he was he was right there all week and just couldn't quite convert similarly with speed speed was right there he just made a couple of real boneheaded decisions uh pulling out uh you know not taking his medicine on nine 
on day two maybe and then using the oh, nine on tree. using the nine on the 12 hole one day and finding himself in the sand like he is he didn't manage the course especially well which is surprising because that's usually one of his more you know his better telltale characteristics but you know it's good that he's back in the mix uh, and i'm glad that uh, you know that he was competitive at least um any other major takeaways no, matchups did well. Daily matchups did well. Props did okay. I would say that Osborne one that was given to us by somebody who <sighs> watches way more golf than us. That was a beauty. That hit nicely. Um, I had another. Oh, the hole in one props. We bet. I bet that a couple places. Yeah, that was that um, was my best hit for sure. That was because it, it was because it especially because it was day one. <laughs> and I bet <laughs> and really, like you you could tell me all those holes got way longer. All the par threes were harder. I'd still bet yes. I bet no, yes every year. No, I think I've bet every year I've bet yes, and it always just cashes, so it's fine. Uh, oh, the fun one, and I talked about this a little this morning on Brown Big Bet, so I won't go too deep into it again, but was over two and a half balls, find the water on 12 in round four. Like a very specific That is round. a really specific Well, bet. and then um, I didn't catch the first part of the round. Sure. Yeah. And on Sunday I was just busy. I had some gardening I had to catch up on and I was doing some stuff outside. I had to play with the kids. And then I get like, I'm like, all right, I'm going to sit down and watch, you know, the last, you know, so many groups are going to go and I'm going to watch the good parts. Then I realized I had that. I'm like, shit, there's no way to just look that up. No, you have to actually watch shots. Yeah. So yeah, I'm like, I'm and I'm not the kind of person who can just say, fuck it. I'll wait and see if that cashes or not. <laughs> I had to know. So and I, I was telling Noops this this morning. I said, luckily, after I found the first guy that had like a big a big score on number yeah. twelve, and I watched his first shot go, and second Blink. shot was a drop. Like, the the second guy I found put two balls in the water himself. Oh. On, so <laughs> he, he dropped and then put another one right back in the water. Full on speed, so, yeah. Yep. So it was it was a really quick uh, search to figure out if that one won or not. That was a nice because I laid minus two hundred on that. Kind of needed that one to come through. Oh, that was good. That's and good. I, and I don't even know how many. I I quit searching. There could have been like ten more balls in the water. Who knows? So. Who um yeah on to rbc i'm gonna yeah. bet some more golf this week first of all yeah it'll be a I, little bit until we get to i uh, i'm excited to see it, where you go as a professional golfer on the uh on the um on the switch tour um your your golf game was very impressive last week you your 10 under would put you in contention for that title um i have to say so hopefully hopefully to see some more uh, streaming of golf uh, by Andy and uh, handicapping the golf tournaments because golf is in really, really good shape right now. It is yes. in great shape. And uh, the betting handles keep getting bigger. The events are just awesome to be behold, and the schedule looks great for the rest of the season. Um, PGA Championship in May, U.S. Open in June, and the Open finally after a year hiatus in July, I believe are all uh, going to be contested this year. I have Rom circled for the U.S. Open. I think he's. I think that's that's his. That's that's his, his, his he, he breaks his that, major. Fine. He breaks yeah. his major maiden at uh, at at Tory. Uh, that should be a very very great uh, tournament, though. Um, ooh, I wonder if I could get into that somehow. Tory Pines. Uh, yeah, well, I thought you meant betting it. I'm like, yeah, those markets are up right now, Drew. No, I meant. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm going to qualify. 
Um, but I wonder if I could go as a spectator. I'm gonna work on that. That'd be fun. You need to. You need. I'm. I'm starting to put my trips together for the year. You need to get your Breeders' Cup tickets. Yeah. No. Well, that I got an inside track on that because I'm an NBC guy now. Um, oh shit. You know, def- yeah, you, well, you need to get four. You definitely need to get getting four us. Tickets, yeah. Definitely getting us Delmar. Delmar uh, passes uh, for for the Breeders' Ooh. Cup. That's gonna be. Sick. There might be. There might be a special short. It's not going to be a halftime scope because it's not halftime. Whatever we'll call it between the sixth and seventh races scope live from Del Mar. Oh yeah, teasing something in November. And then yes, um, going back to your other point about my my switch career. Yeah, the uh, we're <laughs> going to do more of that. That's going to be fun. I'm working yeah. on that. If, if anyone has suggestions, that was on really cool. Like I thought to, what you'd like to see in that. I'm probably going to be. That's going to become a show. I'm going to do oh, that every yes. week. I had a lot I of fun. I, I, you can find any course you want to bat. Probably not going to be an hour and 10 minutes. That was a major. Probably going to try to do like a half hour round and have someone on there. And we're going to talk uh, just golf betting for uh, for like half hour and go over some bets for that week. Maybe like Tuesday night. So look for it. that soon. Yeah, that will probably be on the same channel here. Same you. So subscribe to this YouTube channel if you want to watch me play Nintendo. I love it, man. Well, uh, let's go around the horn. We did a decent job, I think, reflecting on the Masters. Winning tournament. Um and uh, you know what else was a winner? Um, March Madness, ultimately. Uh, I know that your Gonzaga Bulldogs and your amazing future that you had was one win short. Um, won a couple pools with the Baylor. I went against the grain a little bit. Uh, I think almost everyone had Gonzaga to win the title. And so he really just needed to pick anyone not Gonzaga and be right. And that turned out to be the Baylor Bears. Uh, scooped our uh, our tennis chat pool, which was pretty pretty nice oh, little yeah. payday there. Um, hat tip to Joe Bo for, uh, for running that and paying. Um, had Baylor and a couple other pools as well. So it was a good, it was a good, uh, overall it was, it was a good, I don't know. The tournament was pretty bad though, right? I mean, what is, what well, were some of your, I guess let's step back and talk about basketball first in two ways. First of all, reflections on the tournament and then even broader kind of lessons learned from this year, handicapping college basketball. Your college basketball season was a success, right? Top to bottom. You were a winner was, no matter how you chronicle it. Yeah, I've had better. I've had much better. It was not nearly as successful as years past, but it was a challenging year and fewer games. I tried yeah, I tried oh, I tried some different stuff at the beginning of the year and took it right in the shorts. Hurt really bad, but yes. <laughs> I did end up on the right side of zero. I had some fun during the tournament. I got um what's that what's that card in Monopoly? You get like second place in the beauty contest, win ten yeah. bucks or whatever. Yeah. I entered a bunch of draws or uh, brackets. And 90% of them were on ESPN and CBS. So I just checked those and I forgot somebody was running one on YouTube. I keep saying YouTube, Yahoo. Mm. And um, I got third place in that one. I didn't know. Huh. I, I I did not win enough money back to cover all the brackets I entered. But it was nice. Like, I'm like, who who the shit just PayPal'd me, uh, you know, some money? And it was, and I went and looked and it just said three. And I looked and I looked and I'm like, I think I did well in a bracket league. And it was uh, Wesley, Wesley Colvin, the nice. true nice. UK, our nice. guy, um, our guy from Kentucky. So I got even taking Gonzaga in that I did well enough to get third place. Otherwise, yeah, it, it sucked not getting the future. It sucked losing so much money live betting against UCLA. But uh, my first round, dumb little bet all the 12 through 15 seeds that was a market success this year it's way more fun when that's successful there's a lot of years where that thing just breaks even or loses just slightly 
Like it, it, and it's still fun because it's like, oh man, I hit a couple thirteen seeds to break even over two days. Sure. Like this one, once Oral Roberts came through, it's like, all right, buddy. Now we're now we're playing on house money. Yep. This is yep. a lot of fun. So the first round was a ton of fun, and really, let's say I hadn't been so stubborn about Alabama. I think I would have enjoyed the UCLA run a little more. That was, I mean, hats off to them. That was a crazy run. The fact that they pushed Gonzaga like they did, the the three ball at the end of that was great. There were some bad games though. Like the the Baylor Houston yeah. game was bad. The Baylor Zags game was bad. I mean, there weren't. Do you remember the Virginia run and just every yes. game they had was like and that was the best like big game. Yeah. yeah, that was the best game I've watched all year until the next time they played. Yeah. Like every game had a wild ending. Those were so fun. There weren't there weren't many memorable ones. I guess Houston's comeback against Rutgers, that was pretty fun. Yeah. Like just uh, oh shit, Houston is out. They're done already. And then they come back, do a 15 to 1 run at the end. That was a lot of fun. Uh Loyola upsetting Illinois right away was cool. But otherwise, yeah, it was it, I hate to talk shit about this tournament because we didn't get one last year. And, you know, <laughs> well, and, you know, we should we should just be grateful that we had a tournament yeah. at all. But I mean, o- overall, uh, there's been better tournaments. And it, it, you know, we did have a low seed in the final four. We had a couple mid majors in the final four, and you know, it's it was good. It was a good tournament overall. Baylor really flexed flexed on our asses in the final, and that was uh, an impressive performance in and of itself. Fair takeaway that, uh, and we talked about this in the preview show we did for you know for the tournament. Um, Baylor. You know, they threw everyone off their scent because their defense was so bad after the restart. They had a COVID issue. They missed a bunch of time. They came back and their defense looked poor and the metrics were all brutally bad. But we looked at their path and I think we talked about it in the show and we were like, you know what? Like, it's just easy enough that they can kind of get their, you know, get their defense right here before they really get tested. And that did feel like that manifest. Like, they're, they, like, even by their second game in the tournament, you could kind of tell, like, okay, like, They've got it figured. They've got a couple things figured out here. Um, you know, some of the key metrics that I liked about Baylor, why I was higher on them than the market heading into the tournament. Um, their ability to shoot the three was, you know, ended up being very important. Oh boy! Yeah. Um, their ability to create turnovers to help them in comeback situations, like their game against Villanova, was huge. Um, you know, their ability to to complete transition, you know, get you know get the turnover and then actually capitalize it with transition was huge their free throw shooting was pretty solid didn't really jeopardize them throughout the tournament um really kind of like the stables that i was looking for of can you avoid an upset by getting the turnovers by forcing turnovers making threes and then can you sustain a win by not missing your free throws like all of it tended to uh, you know, manifest in their run, I thought. Um, and they were the bigger, more physical, more engaged team in the final for a lot of reasons. Um, do, is it, am I overstating it reading into Gonzaga's loss that part of the reason that they were in that situation, part of the reason that they didn't look as great against uh, UCLA is they probably were a little penalized by not playing lots of tough competition throughout the kind of the middle end of their season. Um, is that an overread? Because their path to, yeah. the, the, path to the final four was cakewalk. Their yeah. schedule from, their schedule really, from to, to be New fair, Year's it really, it really was the final was pretty damn easy. Creighton is a good team and USC mm-hmm. is a final four team in other regions. 
Like USC was playing so good. It's crazy how well the the LA teams did this year. Like USC was giving people problems. That was a big, long athletic team. I was really worried that I'm like, this is the game. This is the game that Gonzaga gets their scare. And they trucked USC. I was very surprised by that. That was a very tough game. You know, I think we sold the Pac-12 short, obviously, all year. So it, it doesn't help. But I mean, they played good teams early in the season. And they did, you know, the, the path wasn't as hard as others. But at the same time, Baylor's best, you know, Baylor's toughest game was what? Arkansas. Heading. Yeah, probably Arkansas. And Arkansas just didn't have they it. They played so. some tough stuff in the Big 12, though, leading up to the leading up to the tournament. Like, no, their level I mean, of competition it just, it just, was very high. The Big 12 was good. You know, the Big 10 I, was obviously pretty overrated. But the yeah, Big 12, the, the Big, the Big 12 was decent. And, just, and yeah, they even had that game against Kansas that went pretty poorly for them. But, yeah, yeah I think that probably does help. It, it, it certainly doesn't help you playing those Cupcat games. But they're so well coached and just experienced. I really don't think it was – you know, I, I hate to put a lot on this, but the, the overtime game and the come down from that – that probably didn't help. And then the fact that just Baylor really ramped up that, you know, you want to talk about their shooting, their three point shooting. Baylor ramped up the defense. Like not like Super it didn't, it didn't look too. like the yeah. Gonzaga we'd seen in even against good defenses against like USC. Like, yeah. you know, if, if the, the white kid with the mustache is just going to beat the Mobleys like that, like what chance does anyone else have? Like those are NBA players right there and on USC. And it's, it's, it was nuts how how good that defense looked for Baylor. I mean, it was similar to who was the first team to look really fucking stupid against Syracuse this year? Uh, San Diego. State. San Diego State. Yeah, it felt like that for a time. Where it's like they can't get inside of this at all. They can't get anything on on offense right now. Like Gonzaga looks bad on offense because of this defense. So, no, that that was a. I mean, kudos to them. That was a great. Uh, it was a great performance. Bad game to watch from my standpoint, but uh, it was. I wish they would have gotten closer at least to have something to to get excited about later in the game. But you know, cheers to Waco, Texas. Yeah, <laughs> sure. And then, and, and and as far as like pro- thought process for next year. Yeah, what happens? To, to, I mean, how does Gonzaga get over the hump? Like, I mean, does this problem persist in future years? Is it a Is problem? There- Getting to the Sweet 16, getting to the Final Four all these years, like it's really hard to win six games in a row, and then the sixth one being against a really good team. Like, if if I were a fan, if my Gophers were making the second weekend every year for like a goddamn decade and getting in some Final Fours and championship games, I wouldn't consider it a problem. There's a lot of fan bases that wouldn't consider this a problem. It's very difficult, and I, I think you'll see them get a championship here eventually. Like The way they can recruit now, they're like a powerhouse on the West Coast for recruiting. They're constantly getting really good players from all over. I mean, Suggs, Suggs played up here. Everyone showed those clips of him playing football. It's like I watched that game because they show the they show these freaking um, you know we have Thanksgiving Day. I think yeah, it's something sometime around Thanksgiving Day. They have the the prep bowl they call it, where they have all the championship games on the local TV channels. Like everybody watches for years and years. We've watched those games and like you watch some of these really good players from Minnesota play on just like, I think it's like channel nine or whatever garbage local channels we have. So like he, he's a stud and he ended up all the way out and, you know, Spokane or Spokane up. Seattle is it in Seattle or Spokane? Spokane. I could never, what's the one in Seattle? Is that just, 
the Washington. Well, there's yeah, Wash yeah, Wash U is in Seattle. Um, Where's Washington Seattle's State? obviously in Seattle. Washington State's in Pullman. That's in the oh, uh, Pullman, eastern part of the country, eastern part of the state. Yeah, but no, I'm I don't think I'd worry about them. And then just as an overarching kind of theme for the year, I'm kind of treating it like November Masters. It's hard to it's hard to take a lot away from this. Okay, there were there were teams that had. I mean, it's wild that teams had like 40 to 60 day breaks and didn't quit. Yeah. Like kudos to them. Like they just said, we're, they didn't we're call it a season. Some they didn't did one call team call it a season. Oh, many teams, called, <laughs> many teams called it a season. Oh, okay. New, numerous teams from some of the smaller conferences called it a season. The MEAC only had like five out of their eight teams left at the end of the year. Oh, Chicago wow. State called it a year. The entire Ivy League called it a year. There, there were yeah. quite a few teams that just – and there were some that got to the tournaments and just were like, oh, we had a positive, we're out. Now we're, our season's done without the ever Duke, being the eliminated. The of the world, right? Yeah, well, even even in the mid majors, it, it did happen too. So I mean, it, it's hard to take a lot from this this season because there were so many super long breaks like that. There were so many goofy problems like coming off of COVID. There were teams that were not getting to practice while they're on break, so you didn't know what was going on with them. Um, the transfer portal is full. It's like, <laughs> the, it's like the phone booth at the end of Bill and Ted, where everybody's in it. Like that's what the portal looks like. Everybody's transferring. Everyone. Like, yeah. Eventually, we just need to sit down and figure out where everybody went before I can make numbers for next year. So, throwing out a lot of this season going into next year, but uh, you know, you, you still got to pay attention to how some teams played, how some players played. There's, you know, there's plenty of coaching moves too. So, hopefully, we just have a nice normal fall. I don't need this kind of season in my life again. Where I'm, I don't know how many bets I made that just. Got returned. Well, yeah, like, oh, game, game, game didn't off. happen. Game off. Or, game off. I, I there were some I bet <laughs> during like brown bag bets. Somebody would be in the messages, but like, yeah, that game just got canceled. Like, <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> but, but what, I just uh, talked about it for four minutes. Did you learn anything about the market and college basketball market this year? That kind of worth putting in the uh, putting in the back of the brain for next year. Market moved like it normally moved this year. Uh, nothing. Especially noteworthy. I think I think it was fairly normal. Maybe a little more informational moves, but that was that's similar to how college football went, where there were known problems. Like, hey, guess what? There's a. I'll get out of here. I needed Alvarez to put one out there. Cheering, I'm watching <laughs> the I'm cheering the Houston game, betting some home run props. So. No, um, I thought the market was was <laughs> fair. I thought I thought it moved pretty normally totals move like they moved you see stupid steam on some totals you see some stupid moves overnight and for the most part it was just like when you saw something really wild it was usually informational like oh they know and there were so many things like that too like you know you'd get a dm or something like hey guess what this guy starting point guards out for this team yeah and they're like yeah but it's the america east yeah like that point guard's not worth anything to the line and you know of course the, the good team's point guard is out and they still cover the 10 by like 15 points like yeah. it's hard to bet against or bet with some of that informational stuff at the lowest levels like you need a bunch of players to be missing to make it worth it it feels like mm. that's why I, I don't really go player by player especially in the mid-majors unless unless something wild is happening like there's a big cluster it's cluster injury but like 
position sounds silly. Cluster injury in the sense that they have like three or four starters missing or something mm. wild. So, no, I, I think uh, I think we should be back to normal in the fall, and okay. hopefully by then I get some time to kind of refine my totals because I did well on totals. I didn't release a lot of them. I've just bet them kind of sporadically, but oh, you're secret total, betting totals, huh? Total, okay, well, cool. They're, yeah, they're kind of oh, okay. the ones. That, the ones that like, well, I would when only bet ones down that even really on college basketball total. If you the day of, yeah, or day of, you can get a good bet down. Well, especially if you have like 15 outs, if you okay. really wanted to, yeah. Like, if you wanted to get some money down on totals, you could totally get some money down on totals. But there were um, there were just some spots that stuck out, and then I did I did mostly just back testing this year. Mm. Like looking at this, looking at that, and then going back and looking at it. Mm. And I, I bet a few things here. My my last total of the year was uh, the Zags Baylor over over one fifty nine. Did not go over. No, no. Blowout ruined was, it. The yeah. live total was twenty points higher than where it actually finished. At one oh, jeez, wow. Blowout, so man. got really I, slowed I, down. I, I, I like kind of like the um the Chiefs game. I was just expecting the. Expecting the run, you know, like, yeah. oh, yeah, they're going to close this margin. I mean, come on. Baylor can't keep their at an arm's length the whole game. You know, oh, that big guy just got in foul trouble. That's going to have an impact. Oh, no, no, they never they never let up. Um, I guess. Uh, is it fair to uh, to say that the market opens are generally still Ken Palm numbers for college yeah. basketball? Okay. Okay. A lot of a lot of what I do when I'm when I have the time to be like I need to run my numbers for tomorrow and do some comparisons, I still will just grab just see what Ken Palm's grab the stat match of yeah. Ken Palm and be like what what does he think it's going to be because it's usually pretty fun close. Yeah. And okay. you know then you then you can realize like, all right, if it opens where the Ken Palm number thinks it's opening, it's probably a bet for me tomorrow. So I'll circle a few that way and look at it or the, you know, those are worth diving into. It is interesting when they open, you know, I make a number two, Ken Palm says it should be four and it opens like six. Those are the ones, those, you know, those are the ones where it's You're like, like eyes pop a little. Hmm. Yeah. It's like, huh. huh. Those, those are the ones where it's, I usually have to like, all right, I got to figure out what's going on here. <laughs> But no, I'm I'm excited excited for the season to just start at a normal time. Just get to betting. I might just go back to betting overnights. There's enough places you can do that nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you get? Do you get a sense that the uh, like the first? I guess in the NBA, I've been kind of surprised that the first guys up are now FanDuel. Um, I don't know why, but they're always up first. Um, I have noticed that in other markets where it's. It's silly books are like up first. It, it's it's like uh, tennis. Bovada is like first to market in the American offshores all of a sudden. With huh. ten, why? Why would you do that? Like <laughs> that makes no sense considering like your business model and who you cater to. Like uh, th- there's some weird. I was talking to Alex about this. I guess they too. want it's Ben's. Just, they want Ben's tennis action right away. They want it. They want his action. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. oh Bodog, yeah. <laughs> there was. Th- there's been some weirdness for that as far as like who's you know who's opening first and who's opening in what order. I feel like I used to have a pretty good grip on like this happens and then, you know, uh, three hours li- like in Groundhog Day where he you know he'd say and then this happens and then that guy walks, and you know you could just say in like three hours five dimes will open and then. Mm-hmm. A little after that, bookmaker will be up, and you had a sense. And now, I mean, it just gets mixed up every year. So th- there's been some offshores that have made some moves 
as far as when they have decided to put numbers up and I don't feel like everyone's just copying each other as much as they once did. So when um, you that's, were that's on... something to always get a grip. I, I think that's a good lesson is never trust that, you know, how a market is going to react going into a season, not react, how a market is going to behave when certain characters will enter a market really like maybe take the first week of whatever market you're betting into write down what you thought you used to know like i said bet online open seas openers and then you get this book and then you get this book and you know roughly bet online was three central the day before and if there were extra games it'd be 7 a.m the next day write down all that stuff and then see if any of it's still true the next year yeah. Because things do change. They change how they run their trading rooms and stuff. Because if you think you know and you're way off, you, you might be entering markets at times where you, you don't think you, you know, you think you're entering at the right time. And whereas if you'd had all the information in front of you, maybe you'd find a better time to enter that market. I think yeah. that's definitely an exercise worth doing anytime you start a new season. Yeah. Get, get to know when everybody opens and who's copying who. It's very important. And uh, and if you're in the game where you're betting into paperheads, uh, knowing which skins open off of which books is important as well, uh, which yeah. brings me to my last question. Uh, at one point during the season, you were like nuclear hot. Um, were you losing outs? <laughs> in the, uh, or everybody's willing to take a college basketball bet still? That I lost two, I think, during that stretch. It wasn't a ton of pressure, though. You weren't like, God damn No, it. no, just a couple paper ads went away, or I think one, one I was just supposed to stop, like, don't use that one anymore because <laughs> somebody needed it for, uh, someone needed it for something else. Like, we don't want to, we don't, we can't have that one going away. Yeah. So, no, I mean, it, it wasn't so much as that. It's usually, sometimes it's the timing, like, getting a new out uh, right after a cold streak and then, you know, turning it around where that poor book yeah. didn't get, they didn't get to take your money the week before. And instead they get your eight and one run and then they're fucking sick of you right away. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Those, you know, sometimes it's just timing on that, but no, yeah. A 12 and 0 run that again, I, that was one of the most fun I had that week was super fun. Just everything comes up roses. I cherish those times because they're always bad, bad streaks around the corner. So yeah. I had an zero and twelve can... in the NBA this year. <laughs> it was not good. <laughs> it was not good. Um, the uh, I've also overall I'm having a winning season though, so I can't really complain. Um, the uh, John Oswald asks any early props I for the NFL draft. John, hold your horses because Wednesday's show we're going to do all about the draft. Um, we're starting to see some of those props populate the offshore space and get a little action down now on some of these for more meaningful amounts. So it's worth kind of pushing the needle a little bit finally. Um, and it's a very wide, it's wide freaking open. It really is. I think so. If you think, you know, what's going to happen with picks three, four and five, uh, you know, by all means, let us know. <laughs> yeah, <tell laughs> us. If you work yeah. for a team or yeah. something. Yeah, because uh, it's a, the uncertainty is high. Um, it's going to be an interesting draft for sure. I'm going to have a winning and losing draft night based on how pick three goes probably at this point. Yeah, that's kind of the, that's the fulcrum of the top ten there. Yeah, yeah. It really, yeah. really. And yes, Patrick P. Shop, shop, shop. He knows. Shop. Yes. This is something, and uh, tying back to the Masters from earlier on in the year, like I said, 
There were places that had hole in one for minus 150. There were places that had hole in one for minus 225. Yeah. I don't have to tell you which is going to be better for you long term. Every prop was like that. Like every one that was widely available, even even the John Rom. I saw John Rom minus 110. I saw John Rom plus 110 to be yeah. continental euro. Like the little 20 cents here, 5% there. Like it, it all is going to add up. So take your time, do a little shopping after you've kind of set your baseline on what you want to bet. Yeah. I was going on and on about over four and a half wide receivers on, uh, on Gil's show last week. And I was seeing prices in like the 150 to 190 range. And after somebody came down and they were like, yeah, I got so after right afterwards, somebody was like, Hey, go check out this, this one skin has it at minus 110. And I was like, okay, that's nice. Uh, you yeah. know, so absolutely shopping around is huge. Um, that over four and a half is now what minus 250 ish at bookmaker. Yeah, or, bet, bet, or, minus bet online. 250. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, ship sailed there. Um, still like it. <laughs> but uh you know maybe at this point wait, to, wait who, who is your who, who's your fifth so two bamas two bayou bengals and then who's your fifth um i mean there's a couple guys but who do you think it'll likely be probably bateman he's short though no he's shrinking is he the, the his measurements coming like, up short he he came in like two inches shorter than he was listed in college. Oh, really? Yeah, there's I mean, he's still very good, but yeah, I think Bateman should go first round. He's especially after he looks the most solid like, to me of the and he was guys. always better than Tyler Johnson. And we saw what Tyler Johnson could do in a good offense. Like those the Minnesota receivers are probably better than we thought. They just didn't have a quarterback up there. What's Bateman's no offense, What was what was Bateman's uh, official height? Let me take a look here. Six foot. Oh wow, really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he'll um, slip super hard on that, but I'd still love him on the team. Yeah, I think there's an outside chance Rondell Moore goes uh, to like one of the like a playoff team, like a oh like Rondell Moore. Like you want to talk about a fit? Like put him on uh, Green Bay Packers. Oh, buddy, that's a nice yeah, little like fit that. right there. Um, he's uh, he's got exactly the, that right type of uh, right type of game for uh, uh, for a Matt Lafleur system. Um, yeah, that's amazing. I see. I thought I had Bateman at six two, so good to know this. Um, anyway, yeah, we'll do a full draft show. We will time. get deep, deep into the draft, and God, maybe even do, maybe even do first round again live. That was yeah. fun. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> just live absolutely. betting. If you guys want to join 100%. us, we will. Be, we'll we'll stream the first round again while we're live betting and just shoot the shit with you guys. There were some people we didn't think people were going to stick around, but there was like there was a hearty group of like you know a few dozen people that just stuck around with us the whole time. It was and we're talking, so that that was a lot of fun. I'd love to do that again. Absolutely, absolutely agreed. Um, okay, <laughs> talk a little. Uh, we're going around the horn here. Talk a little. Jeez, man, the Packers draft last year looked so bad in hindsight. My God, especially what how well that team was. Yeah, this year. yeah. Um, NBA. Let's talk a little NBA. So, F, I mean, F, it's basically NBA season now. Like it, people are people is. are going to start we're, to pay attention more. We're through the Masters. We're through March Madness. Yeah, March we're Madness. In April. Masters is so we're like six yeah. weeks from the playoffs. So in a normal year, the playoffs would start this weekend. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> but, yeah. I, this so is, is it like four year. weeks or how far out are we? Uh, it's like May twentieth. Oh, okay. So like five weeks. Yeah. So yeah. both of my things were wrong. Split the difference. Yeah. 
There are are eight twenty second. It says according to the internet. Yeah. yeah, that's about right. Um, so it's basically right around Memorial Day, right around we get French Open and NBA playoffs start concurrently this year. Ooh, you're gonna be busy. Um, yeah, very busy. Uh, the uh, but the NBA season has been wild. Um, it has be, it has been super compressed. They're making these guys play a lot of games in a very yeah. short amount of time. And the wear and tear has been showing. Uh, you could start to see it a little bit before the All-Star break. Um, and obviously, Anthony Davis going down with the Achilles was a massive, massive, massive story that didn't really get covered very, you know, very carefully, I guess. Um, when was the last time you heard anything about Anthony Davis, just out of curiosity? And I, you know, I know you're in the NBA chat, so maybe you hear us talking about it in there. But like you know, no, mainstream uh, I mean, media that, stuff. That, that's the only place I see it brought up is like, Hey, when is he back? Is that, is this still a thing? <laughs> like somebody asked that, like how many, how many more weeks is this or days? It was, it does feel like that just kind of got, I don't want to say like swept under the rug, but it feels like it should be a bigger story because, you know, as of right now, the Lakers are looking at an away series in the first round. If, if the playoffs started right now, I mean, sure. this was your, this was your favorite. This is your preseason favorite. They're like seven games back from the jazz right now. Yeah. You know, they're, they're three behind the Clippers in their own division. And, you know, it's tough when you, you know, two, I don't want to say two top five players anymore. Cause I'm not sure if, it, it quite, but like top seven. I don't. You don't have to go much further than top five. Let's yeah. say clearly two top ten players, clearly. without a doubt. When you have two top ten players and they're both injured, the the depth of the rest of your team is going to be so shitty that you're going to be, you know, you're going to be an underdog to the Knicks at certain points in the season. So like tonight, <laughs> like tonight, you're listening to that. So it's a good um, game, though. Yeah, it looks like it looks Three like point game at halftime. The um, Knicks are up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's a, it, the Anthony Davis injury at the time looked bad and we know Anthony Davis is a fragile player. He's not necessarily playing through pain, (laughs) not to call him out, but you know, it's just the way it is. Uh, he takes, he's very careful about his body. That's fine. Um, but it looked at the time, like it could have been an Achilles, um, partially torn Achilles was sort of in the back of my head, like, okay, I'll wait to hear what they have to say about this. And they come out and they're saying, no calf injury. Sure. <laughs> and we'll, you know, we'll see, we'll see him again after the all-star break sometime. Like that was like what they were saying at the time. Uh, and I assumed that mean meant we would see him again in April. Uh, I figured maybe the beginning of April, but here we are rounding into the very dead middle of April. And we have not seen Anthony Davis take the court. I expect to see him this week. Um, Thursday's game looks like a decent time to bring him back in. They play the Jazz Saturday. Like, there's a couple of tough games here on the schedule for the Lakers. Uh, and it's pretty important that they get right because, as you mentioned, they're down there in the standings. In fact, if things don't turn around for these guys, they could be the sixth seed in a 3 6 matchup against the Clippers in round one. Uh, so, congratulations, Lakers. You've given yourself the, you know, potentially you've given yourself the toughest possible path. Uh, to the NBA Finals. I think if they land in the 4-5, they're just fine with that. I think that this team matches up extremely oh, well. You go, you go like Nuggets, Nuggets, Jazz. Nuggets, Jazz. That's a tough, it, it's a tough road. It's not That's easy. It's a tough but, road. Uh, it's not easy, altitude. but if you're, at full, if you're at full health and you have LeBron and AD back to, not only back to health, 
but rested. This is like the Drew Brees thing where like, Oh, Drew Brees got hurt and he got to like rest because he's old and he got, he didn't get to play that many games in the second half of the season. He gets to play the playoffs fresh. Like it kind of turns into that for LeBron. It kind of, you know, AD is not old, but he certainly, his body could use a sort of rest. So I don't like, yeah, falling into that four or five seed, even as a five seed, oh, give a shit if you have to play a couple extra games. Like you might, you might only be playing four games anyway. Yeah. Um, if he's not healthy, 100%. Yes. Uh, interesting matchup against the Nuggets and the Jazz. I like the, I like the Lakers and the way they match up against the Jazz a lot, uh, assuming that they're fully healthy. Um, Nuggets are a tougher matchup. And of course, the Nuggets played them pretty hard last year in the playoffs in the Western Conference Finals. I mean, it was, it wasn't ever really in doubt that the Lakers were going to move on, but at times the Nuggets looked a little frisky. The Nuggets completely had to punt game one of that one because it was a short turnaround after they had a game seven against the Clippers. Um, but yeah. then they fought hard in game two, and then they had some hopeful moments in game three and four um, before eventually succumbing 4-1. Um, but I'm not I'm not buying into the Nuggets really this year, even though they've made a really nice move picking up uh, Aaron Gordon. That was a really solid move. It has really helped solidify their starting five. Um, however, uh, in the same exact senses, the Lakers probably get to put a little, you know, put put LeBron, put AD on ice a little bit, and have them potentially be healthier and rested in the playoffs. Um, Jokic is carrying this Nuggets team on his back. He is doing a lot of heavy lifting in this schedule compressed season. Uh, and I do worry if he's going to have the same pop in the playoffs that we saw him have last year. Um, similarly, Jamal Murray caught absolute fire in the playoffs last year. He's dealing with a couple of nagging injuries right now. It doesn't look to me like he's going to be 100% uh, for the remainder of this season and through the playoffs. So it's really going to come, you know, their depth, their depth is going to get tested. Um, they're going to need Michael Porter Jr. to take a meaningful step forward. They're going to need Aaron Gordon to stay healthy and be as good as he's been for this last couple weeks for them. Um, and that's a lot to ask because you know they they are going through uh, you know they are they are um not as talented really as the lakers or the clippers for that matter um and that's actually my biggest issue probably with the jazz as well uh interesting to look at what the jazz have accomplished this year they put together a pretty amazing win streak back when everybody else was kind of still figuring out a cover streak and a win streak and a, yeah, but the winning a win and a win against the spread streak uh, that was pretty epic uh, earlier this year. Uh, but they did they peak too early? Was that really indicative of how good this team is? Um, they're getting some pretty unbelievable play out of uh, Mike Conley that I was not expecting this year. Uh, Joe Ingles and Jordan Clarkson are a impossibly tough duo coming off the bench for this team. Um, but ultimately, this is a Jazz team that is underwhelmed and underwhelmed in the playoffs year over year, and a lot of that has been due to just they are, don't have the most talented player on the court, really against any other any of these other true Western Conference blue chips. Uh, they don't have a player that can match up with Kawhi, a player that can match up with LeBron, a player that could match up uh, even with the Jokic in that case, you know, or you know, with Jamal Murray in the case of that uh, Nuggets Jazz series last year that the Jazz absolutely should have won. In fact, you know, really they perennially underachieved in the playoffs, and I think the fact that they got the one seed this year and that they'll get an easy draw against the eight, eight's probably going to be the, the Grizzlies maybe. Uh, it's going to be a pretty soft landing for them it, it could be the spurs or warriors man yeah, it like, could 
I mean, honestly, a, a little run from the Pelicans, and that could be what you're facing. So, yeah, soft eight seed, probably, I mean, probably a soft seven seed, truthfully, depending on, you know, your feelings in the Mavs or maybe even Blazers. It depends on Mavs and Blazers. It's probably going to be season. Blazers. Yeah, honestly, Mavs Blazers probably. Blazers have not looked good. Mavs probably crossed into that sixth spot. So, um, And really, like, even as an NBA casual, doesn't it? It just kind of feels like what you said. Like, hey, man, if you don't have the best player in the court, good luck winning a seven-game series or two seven-game series against these, you know, essentially super teams. Like, it does just kind of – every year the East kind of proves us wrong with somebody fun making a run, but uh, it does just kind of feel like if we get healthy L.A. teams and they don't end up on the same side of the bracket somehow, it might just be Clippers-Lakers in the final and they, you yeah. know, the Western Conference final. And then Nets versus whoever. Well, we've completely blown by the uh, the hottest team in the NBA right now. The, the uh, Phoenix the Suns. The the Soul. Um, my argument against the Soul is pretty com- pretty con- pretty com- compact. Um, not enough experience. Not enough experience on this team in the playoffs. And ultimately... You know what they're showing now. The fact that they realized how promising they looked when they were in the bubble restart last year has been awesome. Because you want you want these guys with all this promise who have been put on this roster to like you know thrive and achieve and do something good. And they've been winning and covering and you know kind of similar to the Jazz in the first half of the season. They're kind of the team you don't want to play right now. Um, but I got a feeling in a seven game series, I don't really, I have not seen them make good adjustments in game in a tough game. Maybe like last week's Clippers game is a great example of that. Clippers mixed it up in the fourth quarter to start the fourth quarter, uh, in terms of assignments, in terms of, uh, you know, what their offensive play structure was going to be like. And the Suns had nothing. They had no adjustment that could counter what the Clippers wanted to do. Clippers made every shot that they asked. Um, and that scares me a little bit in a playoff series because I have not ever really felt like their coaching staff is especially good at coming up with in-game adjustments. And they've never even been tested in a playoff series. And so that's that's going to be their shortcoming, I think, ultimately, uh, come playoff time is, is coaching. And, you know, we've seen it like two years ago with the Nuggets. We saw it with... Um, uh, other teams in the past when you're kind of popping your cherry for an NBA playoff series like it can be tougher than it ought to be considering your talent gap and you know the Nuggets were a much better team than the San Antonio Spurs two years ago they were the surprise two seed in the West uh, and they took you know the Spurs took them to game seven because they had experience they had coaching and uh, I think the Suns may face a similar fate they may get to the second round of the playoffs this year they may get to the Western Conference Finals um, but I do I'm I'm personally uh, hopeful that we get some decent prices to bet, bet against them a 2-3 series between the Suns and the Clippers probably ought to be Clippers like minus 300 uh, and it's going to be closer to a pick em. Uh, which I think is going to be a fair fair opportunity to come in hard on the clip. My, yeah, my favorite way to bet the NBA is not to bet the NBA all year and then bet series <laughs> prices, series props, series handicaps, series totals, series alt totals, series no, so prop. Uh, the, and, you know, there's a few places to let you parlay those. You can bet alt, you know, just like Lakers minus one and a half games, parlayed with some like i've made some pretty wild parlays and just totals like basically all these all the games to get to five at least five games from a few things yeah yep um okay well uh 
the Eastern Conference is wild also because the Nets are a super team. You brought it up. Uh, we have not seen Irving, Harden, and Durant on the court together going back to February. It's Ir- been yeah, a Irving, while. Irving's, Irving's just part-time right now. Like They might, might need to cut him from the health insurance because he's not getting enough hours <laughs> in. <laughs> he's having a tough year. You're not get, getting the get full-time bennies anymore, guys. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Harden's been out with the hamstring. Durant was out with the hamstring for like a month and a, and a half. That was a surprise, surprisingly long absence by Durant. Um, they're easing him back into the minutes right now. But this Nets team, uh, they do surprising things like we saw Saturday where they absolutely no-showed against the Lakers. Um, I had the Lakers in that game, so I wasn't sad about it, but it was still surprising. Uh, I do think ultimately talent will prevail because they are by far the most talented team in the Eastern Conference. Have you heard anyone make a decent case for the likes of the Sixers, um, Heat, or otherwise? It's easier to make a case for the Sixers because, I don't know, have we just been gaslit to think like that they'll fail no matter what? Yeah. No matter how many good players you put on this team, they're going to screw it up because bad management, bad coaching, Brett Brown. He got fired. You know, it's a uh, doc. No, I know. I know. I know. Yeah. I know. I'm saying just like years of the front years office, of Brett yeah. Brown, the, the, the collar being, an, it's a normal collar, find new slant, trusting the process, watching <laughs> some embarrassing performances. Like I feel like we've been gaslit into thinking this team can't be good. Even with talent, like they have a lot of talent. They could probably hang. I still think it's hard for anybody to hang with, you know, a fully healthy Nets team that has all three of the like you talk about three top top ten players or two top ten players in Lakers. Like you got three, and that's that's pushing it with Kyrie. Like you got three Kyrie, top fifteen. He's top 15. Yeah, Kyrie 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 at the highest level of his ceiling is pushing top ten, but he's certainly top fifteen. And just having those other two options elevates him enough where this might be the, this might be better than some of these warrior teams. Like Jesus, you know, it doesn't feel that way because we haven't seen them all healthy and playing. But like, if they get healthy and playing, it's like, man, how do they lose games at all in the East? Yeah. Like, do, do we end up in the finals and they haven't haven't dropped a game yet? This could be one of the best teams ever. Just we haven't really seen it because we're not getting all three guys all together, and it hasn't mattered. They're still like the two seed. Yeah. Right. Uh, Harden uh, has been known to ghost in the playoffs. Uh, They are not exactly a robust, experienced coaching staff when it comes to solid in-game, you know, solid in-series adjustments. Um, We have no idea what Steve Nash has up his sleeve. Um, The fact that Mike D'Antoni is on staff gives me a little bit of an uneasy feeling when it comes to if the chips are down in a playoff series, can they come up with the right adjustment? Um, Yeah. I don't know. Uh, the um, the the but the, the the bear case for the Nets is not strong. <laughs> I mean, that's it. Like Harden's gonna no show, and you know the coaching can't coach especially well with adjustments. Like, yeah, well, they still have the t- three most talented players in almost every series. Um, I guess Joel yeah, yeah, Embiid, the bear the yeah. bear case is that like Durant gets hurt. Yeah, that's and that's not crazy actually. No, I was no surprised. I mean, it, I'm surprised he got as hurt as he did this year, honestly, because he looked smooth and good coming in uh, through that first month of the season. He was looking very strong. Um, Harden 
Uh, also, like I don't know how serious this injury is. He just maybe wants a little bit of time off to recharge his batteries, and they can afford to do it. That's probably right. Um, Embiid uh, for the Sixers has taken a huge step forward this year. Uh, Got to absolutely give it to him on that regard. But the injury is concerning. Him staying healthy throughout the rest of this regular season into the playoffs is not a given. Um, they have a very hot and cold shooting uh, trio between Tobias Harris, Danny Green, and Seth Curry. Like those guys, if they're lights out, if they're shooting well, the offense is no problem at all. If any of those guys are struggling from a shot-making perspective, then all of a sudden this offense can go real stagnant real quick. Uh, and that's the maybe the major concern, major worry about this Philadelphia team. E and and if they ever get to a game seven, uh, does Jock Doc Rivers, um, you know, is he true to form and he loses that game seven? <laughs> like that's that's in the back of my head about a Sixers run too. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks have completely written off. I'm I'm off. Yeah, I'm doesn't off that Bucks. feel weird? It does. Considering where we were at the beginning of the season, it does. It feel where I was this time last year. I was so sure the Bucks were going to win the East. Um, but they have, you know, the, the Budenholzer coaching experience has been, a, has been an F, um, and they have, they are giving up the open three at just an absolutely absurd rate this year. If they run into the heat again, they are screwed. If they run into a Sixers team that is shooting well, they are screwed when they eventually play the bucks. I mean, the nets, the nets are going to shoot them into oblivion. Um, this is, you know, their team defense and their, you know, their willingness to concede the three-pointer is just insane and all you really need to do to stop the bucks is to play a little bit of transition defense that's a such a huge part of their offense that if you can shut off that spigot uh a team looks uh, pedestrian so um budenholzer doesn't have the adjustments doesn't really know doesn't have the team team defense working this season and uh even in the, with the addition of drew holiday uh the bucks are still an afterthought in the eastern conference i think which sucks because I would really no, love Giannis I, to make a run in the playoffs at some point. Yeah, I would. I'd be more worried about the Heat. Yeah. Just, I don't, if, if, you're the Nets, about, if you're the if Nets, you're the Nets. If I'm facing the Bucks, about? if I'm yeah, if I'm facing the Bucks, let's or if I'm if I'm facing let's say yeah the Bucks, the Heat, even like I, I can't throw the Hornets in there. <laughs> Maybe the Celtics at certain points, not anymore. But yeah, like the East. Boy, the East is kind of rough at the bottom. It's super bad. It's rough. At the bottom. <laughs> it's super yeah, it's, bad. It's really to me. It is. It is like it's like Nets, 76ers, Heat, Bucks, yeah. everybody else. Yeah. And it's funny the Heat aren't even leading their division right now. The Hawks are. Yeah, that one. That the one. Hawks have made that, no that sense one, to me. If that does, if the Heat don't pull off the Southeast, it's gonna sting. That'll sting. That's gonna that stink. stink. <laughs> That's gonna leave a mark. <laughs> That's gonna leave a mark. Will not feel great. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that's kind of my kind of recap recasting the NBA. I think at this point the awards are pretty solid. Uh, wow. I think Jokic MVP is pretty solid. I think um, you know Halliburton Rudy, rookie of the year. Hall- I I think I think that's I think that's, that's the play. I think that's the play. Um, Jordan Clarkson six man of the year. Although there's some f- funny debates in the space about whether Ingles deserves the, more of the credit than Clarkson does, I'm Team Clarkson personally. I think Clarkson is the right call. And I'm Team Ingles over three pointer attempts in the playoffs betting. Ooh, that's fun. That's very fun. Somebody somebody was doing that last year, and I just I'm like, oh, I'll do that too every time, and <laughs> fuck, they just kept like hitting. 
<laughs> that was fun. Um, they only had seven games of it, though, unfortunately, because they did not make it to round two. Well, we tried. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Rudy Gobert, Defensive Player of the Year, feels like a lock. Uh, I think yeah. Coach of the Year is going to eventually go to Quinn Snyder just because they're going to look at the team wins and say, man, that was way over expectation. Got to give it to Quinn. I don't know. Tom Thibodeau deserves some consideration because he's got these Knicks playing incredible regular season basketball. Um, the Yeah. And uh, ultimately, I think we are um, probably one Anthony Davis setback away from this being the Nets to lose, really. Yeah. For the title. I really want to see a Nets-Lakers finals. I don't know how I would line that, honestly. I think if you have a fully healthy LeBron and AD in that series against a fully healthy Harden-Durant-Irving, that's probably as close to a 50-50 finals as we've had in our lifetime. Do you have any initial reaction to what that finals price would be? Nets minus 130. Minus 125, a little shade towards the Nets? I would I would shade it slightly to it, it might and it might be a bad line because it's like oh they just ripped through the east <laughs> they look yeah. really good because they ripped through the east like where it probably should be like coin flip price but you might get a little shade towards the nets because they've just looked so good against the east yeah you're probably gonna have a little you're gonna have some liability on the Lakers if they make it though that, that, some of those prices too. are big some of those prices are getting big. But I mean, people got some big prices on the Nets early in the season too. I didn't see anything better than like three to one. Was there anything? You, wasn't there some big stuff before the moves? Oh, you know there was. There Even was. you know before the hard before stuff, the hard like, move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, right. there were some. It was a big they weren't big. They weren't big, but they were big enough for the booking can like it if they take it in the shorts. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. They were pretty fair. I mean, I was thinking that we were in like the two, two to three to one range for most of the season, but maybe I'm just thinking after the Harden trade. Um. All right. Well, that was uh. That's my recap on the NBA. Um. How's baseball betting going for you? Um. I need a bunch more runs in all the games I bet. <laughs> <laughs> What's going great. on with Houston, man? Dude, they oh, they're down to the Tigers. That's our survivor pick this week. I know they've had RISP in both Uh, innings, and they can't get a run across. That's the thing they're gonna tell you. What I'm gonna live bet them right now. They're down three nothing. They give up a jack. Yeah, Granky's getting popped. Granky's getting. That's the second home run now. Um, Well, I'm gonna live bet that over because they're gonna (laughs) score, and they can Detroit's bullpen can be scored upon. Okay, so you're still alive in MLB Survivor. Good job. Yep. One, one weekend. <laughs> we made it. My team went four and two week one, so I'm still alive as well. Um, I like I the Astros my team this did. week. No. I like the Astros a lot this week. Um, yeah, that was my pick as well. So it was funny when you asked me. I, I was telling Drew this in the, uh, in the DMs. You're like, what do you think of Houston as a Survivor League pick? And I, I had that pit. In the bottom of my stomach, like, oh, fuck, I forgot Survivor for, like, just a split second. Then I remembered, like, oh, I went through and entered every week already. Like, I went ahead because it took me so much time to, like, figure out. I'm like, I'm just going to put them all in anyway. That way if you forget, yeah. yeah that way if I don't. forget. So yeah. if somebody is asking, how does MLB Survivor work? Uh, you pick one team per week. 
they must win at least half of their games. At Four least nothing. half. So they. So, so three, so three, 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 is, three, three and three is 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 an advantage. There's not. A, I don't think there's any four game weeks. There's some three game weeks, but there are not any four game weeks if I'm remembering right. Um, it, it maybe there and there could be if there were a rain out. If you have a five game week and you get a rain out or a, a riot out like the Twins did today. Um, Jesus Christ! Like I'm glad I live like an hour and a half from there. It just it's gonna be there's gonna be some protests again for sure. That's rough. What's going on up there today? Yeah, not great. Not good. No, tensions are high. Yeah. <clears throat> yep, four nothing Tigers. Wow. Well, man. there goes Survivor League week two. And <laughs> the one, I don't know, are you in Ostrowski's? Are we competitors? Uh, no, I'm not in it. I'm not in Joe's. Oh, okay. That, then that's, we, a, that's the one you're in? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, then, then we can talk. Then then okay. we, uh, we can, otherwise Comparing be frenemies. Okay. Okay. But uh, yeah, in, in the one I'm doing, you can have three strikes. Oh. So like if you're teamed, if you, it takes three strikes and you're out. Oh. So like if somebody, if two people make it at the end of the season, I think most strikes or however it works, I don't know. Either way, it's not going to be easy either way. You use good teams up in a hurry. There's not that many good teams in baseball. There's a yeah, bunch of Yeah, you're going to get to so. coin flips pretty quick. Um, yep. Because even the bad teams win 60% of their games, as we know. All right. Well, uh, good luck on your live. Did you take the live over? Yep. Which, yeah, it's good now. What numbers you get? Was it well, nine and a half then? The problem is I took the live Houston team total over. <laughs> so that's so I got four and a half. So we need uh, essentially we just need them to win the game or or score five runs, and not uh, we'll see. All right, Lot, let's go. They, they're getting on base. We're fine. So all right. Um, do we have a guest? We had talked about. It. Do we have a guest Wednesday? Or we just we will. Yeah, we'll have, we'll have a football guest when we talk and when NFL draft. Yeah, we're going to get draft heavy here. We will do the draft thing live. I'll probably do some golfing tomorrow night. We'll be here Wednesday. What day is it? Oh, April. Thursday, April 29th. So we are two weeks out. from Two weeks from Thursday. See you there, guys. Information only. Um, All right. It's, It's misinformation season. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> we didn't even get into Bitcoin stuff. Yeah, I know. I I can't I imagine. Real, real quick, it's going to be a wild week for Bitcoin. Coinbase Very much. Uh, direct listing happens this week, and that's going to be a catalyst for either volatility in some way. Either this is a sell the news event. Somebody's been waiting to dump to embarrass Coinbase because they're not a well-loved actor in the community, and they're going to try to influence price action around this in a way that makes them look bad. Um, or this is going to be the catalyst for a absolute rocket ship move up to the seventies. Um, the fact that we are super low volatility hovering around the all time high is crazy. Um, I don't know that I've ever seen price action like this. Uh, there are people out there calling a lot of top indicators that to me, if anything, this is like part one of a two top, uh, not, not the ultimate top top. Um, I think we have a lot more room to go. More like a power bottom. <laughs> Maybe. 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 
Um, we just haven't had any nor- uh, last the last bull run cycle, like the down draw, the drawdowns were so violent and just like, oh my god, we're going down forty percent. Like this is going to take forever to recover if we ever do. Uh, and then it was back up in you know a month. Um, but we haven't had any of that. Like the big the big negative down, you know, the days everybody's down on you know feeling bad is like three percent down <laughs> like, it's, like, it's just oh, nothing oh no we're back to 55 like, oh, oh, no. oh. Yeah. Yeah, there was i mean think about the drawdown from 20 to three <laughs> no <laughs> no I mean, no do you, do you know what that Why is i, I mean obviously it, it, it's like 80 percent. yeah the, it, i don't think it's feasible to go f- the, like the, the resistance to get there would be you know immeasurable but i mean essentially going from 20 to 3 is like going from 60 to 85 percent. yeah yeah 60 to under 10 that ain't happening no no peter schiff says so but um no i think uh yeah and there there are you know there's some smart people that have different models and i mean there is a drawdown that goes to like 42 yeah and that's that would that would be honestly that would be maybe best case scenario for the launch I would I would 100% echo those sentiments. Something to shake out the heavy levered longs um, is needed because every time we get a little bit of a rally and you see us get close to the all-time high or maybe even a little bump above the all-time high. It's like just the, a good time to get more shorts in. Yeah, exactly. And the fund the funding rates that your people are getting paid to short right now are just out of this world. Like it's free money right now. If if you know Bitcoin's going sideways and if you have a big short on near the top. Uh, you know, you're just getting paid uh, to hold that short. So it's yeah. you know until until we get a real a little, like a dump and reset and we shake out some of the levered longs. I don't know. I don't know if we're really gonna. Yeah, you know, I don't really know. <laughs> it sucks that we need some people to get wrecked hard, but we do. Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, even more than that, you need we need people Rector, who closed. You know? We need people who went long at three, four, five k. We need them to just decide to close close like there are people that are long from the bottom bottom and until those those people decide to close close i don't think we're going to get the next leg up that's my gut but it might not, not be this is not financial advice <laughs> this is not financial advice um but enjoy the enjoy the uh, the wild narratives around the coinbase listing uh however that manifests um, yeah if you have comparison. any good podcasts send them our way oh yeah the up only has been great yeah um, for sure very much enjoyed this. Anyway, well, let's put a put a bow in this. And uh, before yeah, Hodgepodge will be back with draft stuff. <clears throat> yep, draft stuff Wednesday. NFL draft. Very excited for sure. For sure. All right, take it easy, man. You gotta hit the music. You do. I do that sometimes in the morning, where it's like, all right, I'll see you guys. Tonight. Yeah, we got so much content over here now. It's tough to find it on, on the fly if you're on not ready, if you're not prepared. So I can delete some of these. Yeah, some of these we don't need anymore. Oh, there's, only, there's not that many video clips.